You're listening to 3 and 30, episode 15, Three Valentine's Day Traditions for the Whole Family. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. The first Valentine's Day that my husband Ryan and I were dating, he showed up on the doorstep of my college apartment with a bouquet of flowers and a clue that started me on a scavenger hunt all over our college town to different places where we had shared romantic moments. Now, our first Valentine's Day after we became parents, seven years later, he showed up at our doorstep with a toilet plunger. (laughs) He had received a frantic text from me while he was at work saying, When will you be home? Can you stop at Home Depot and get a toilet plunger? Noah threw something down the toilet and I really need to use it. (laughs) So parenthood definitely changes dynamics in your marriage and within your love life. But I must say that I think I was even happier to receive that blessed toilet plunger than I was to receive the bouquet of flowers years earlier. Valentine's Day for me and Ryan has changed over the years. We still work hard to keep our romance alive, and we still want to ditch our kids and have a night out alone on occasion, but we also want to include them in our traditions and in that day of love that we celebrate every year. So today on the podcast, I have a very special guest who's going to help me share some Valentine's traditions for the whole family. It's my older sister, Sarah McKenna. Sarah is amazingly fun and spunky. She has a loud laugh, a contagious zest and excitement for life. She loves all holidays, and she sends my kids elaborate care packages for most of them. She really knows how to celebrate and make life fun. She has a craft blog called Bombshell Bling, where she shares recipes, printables, crafts, and traditions for women and families. And I'm so glad that I finally get to have her on the podcast to introduce her to all of you. So, welcome to my sister, Sarah, to the 3 and 30 podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Sarah and I were lucky enough to be raised by a mother who also loved holidays. And um, Sarah has continued that tradition so well in her home, and then she shares it with others. So, Sari, I was wondering if you could just start out by sharing your first takeaway or idea for tradition that mom did with us um, and tell us a little bit about it and the background and all of that. Okay, well, we're going to talk about Secret Cupid then, right? Yes. So, Secret Cupid, our mother was the master of all creative parties, creative holidays, stuff like that way before Pinterest existed. She just came up with this stuff. And our favorite, I think all of us would agree, is Secret Cupids. And this is such a fun tradition for the whole family for Valentine's Day because it involves everybody from the littlest to the oldest, and it is super 
easy. It feels like this big deal, but it's so easy. So each person in the family draws a name and they are that person's secret cupid for the week. And then mom would set up a little secret cupid store. She called it the SC store. And in it were the kinds of things that you can get at the dollar store. I always just go to the dollar store and grab a bunch of stuff like conversation hearts, pencils. Sometimes I do something specific like a matchbox car for a certain kid and a princess crown for another kid. And some years it's all generic. It just depends on what you can handle that year and it's fine either way. And then she had them all laid out. Now, you could do, like, secret Cupid money and they spend a certain amount. Or you could go super simple. And what I usually do, because I just have little ones, is, like, I'll put all the pencils together. And then I'll write a little sign that says, take two for your person. And then I'll put all the conversation hearts together and I'll say, take one for your person. So they go in and they get to, quote, shop. And take <laughs> one from each little area and they put it in a brown paper bag, and they're so excited that they went and shopped at the SC store all by themselves, and then they hide it in their room. And then all week long, they leave little surprises for the person. Every day, you get one surprise from your secret Cupid. Sometimes they write a little note, and sometimes they don't. And we actually live with our dad right now. My family lives with our dad, and so he gets in on it. And the notes that he tries to write to be funny <laughs> for the kids are hilarious. And and he always gets involved in it. And the kids think it's so great when they draw Baba because they get to be Baba's secret Cupid. <laughs> so even if you live in a multi-generational house, this is fun for everyone from the 67-year-old grandpa down to the toddlers. It's just such a fun, easy thing. And then at the end of the week, you all get together and you guess who your secret Cupid is. And, you know, when you're the adult, it's pretty easy to figure out if one of the kids is your secret Cupid. But they don't know that. They think they're really sneaky. So it's this big, fun reveal. And you could even make it into a Valentine's Day party or something. A reveal party if you wanted. You could go as elaborate or as simple as you want with this. But my mom always kept it simple. And it is... A, a tradition that her all three of her adult daughters still do with their families so it does not need to be stressful in order to be special and meaningful and not only that i i think a lot of our friends do it as well like totally because you especially continued this after we left home even before we had kids like when we were at the same college you would be my secret cupid and you would leave me little secret Cupid gifts in my dorm, which is so <laughs> cute and fun. And then my so then my my friends all saw it. And so then they got in on it. So I would start doing it with my roommates. I remember that you did it with like your college boyfriends. And we just continued to do it for people in our life. And so a lot of my friends now do secret Cupid with their families. It is such a great tradition. Mom was a genius. This was her like crowning glory. <laughs> yeah. And I also love that like because little kids can't go shopping. I mean, if you had older no. kids, you could even like 
I'll go to Target and for a family night and you could give each of them five or ten dollars and say go shop for your person. Yeah. But for little kids to have the store, mom had it in her bedroom on her bed. And I remember she always had York peppermint patties yes, (laughs) and different things. And it was so fun to go and shop for your person and then to try to be sneaky, like you said. I also remember that she encouraged us to do service for our person as well, like make their bed or pick up their wet towel off the carpet. Definitely. Like if you have a little conversation heart box to leave, we'll make the bed first and then put it on their pillow. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that. I remember um, because the winter this time of year can get really draggy, like Christmas is long since passed, but spring spring is still a ways off. And so it's just kind of gray and drab. And I just remember this little spark of fun during those long winter months and like running home from the bus stop to see what my secret Cupid had left for me that day. Totally. So really fun. I also wanted to mention that Ryan and I did this for each other throughout the years before we had children when we got married and had so much fun just doing it for each other. And I've actually written a post for Sarah's um, craft blog, Bombshell Bling, called 32 Fun and Flirty Ways to Spoil Your Sweetie. And it lists tons of ideas of things that Ryan and I have done for each other over the years from little things like texting him every hour of the day while he's at work with what with something that I love about him um, to bigger things like uh, taking his car from the parking lot and like vacuuming it out and taking it to the car wash and then returning it and putting like a love note on a seat. There's tons of ideas there for if you just wanted to do this with your spouse or using those ideas really any time of year to make your spouse feel special. There's that post that I'll link in the show notes. Okay, it's a great resource. And um, I would also add that I also have a post on my blog about secret cupids. Mm -hmm. So you could read more details and see some pictures of what we've done in the past. And also, um, I usually just write the names on post-it notes and keep everything super chill. But if you wanted to do it all cute printable style, there are free printables on that post that you could make it a little fancier if you wanted to. Okay, great. And then the second tradition that we're going to talk about, I think, goes along really well with Secret Cupids because you could do it as one of your Secret Cupid gifts um, one day. And that is heart attacks. Can you explain what that is, Sarah? Yeah. Heart attacks is the simplest thing ever. And it's basically cutting out a ton of hearts and then taping them all over. Mm-hmm. So I always just sit in front of the TV watching my favorite sitcom and cut a ton of construction paper hearts. They don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be beautiful. They're a little jagged. They're a little uneven. It doesn't matter. Just cut out a whole bunch of hearts, as many as you can stand cutting out. And then with, um, I remember I did this for my little boy when he was about two. And I just taped him all over his little toddler bed. And when he woke up, he was screaming and jumping up and jo- <laughs> up and down for jo- with joy on his mattress. Oh. Because he was like, heart, heart. He was so excited about these hearts. Um, 
And then the same year I did it for my husband and for him, I decided to write something on all of the hearts and um, reasons why I loved him. And some were like the stupidest, silliest reasons. And some were very nice and heartfelt. And then I did it all over his car. And he um, has a job where he has to get up super early. And so he was up at 4 a.m. and he was all discouraged that it was still dark outside. and It was freezing cold here in Colorado. And he said that he got in his car and he's he's the tenderhearted one in the family. He got in his car and he was so surprised and touched that he started to weep. (laughs) I love that. So it doesn't, it didn't, it wasn't a big deal. I did it while I was watching my favorite show and it made such a big impact on both of the little men in my life. Well, one little man and one big man. One little man, one big man. That's right. (laughs) And you guys have done it for Bapa too, haven't you? Because you live with dad. Yeah, we've done it for Bapa. You can do it, I mean, for anyone and you can write on them or not write on them. And another great idea that you mentioned to me, Rachel, was to do one a day. So I usually do them all at once, just one big boom, surprise the next morning. But you could do one every day, you know, starting February 1st, hard on the door with the reason you love them, then second, another. So by the end, by the time Valentine's Day comes, their door is covered with hearts with reasons why you love them. And I think that would be another really cute way to do it too. I love that. And I, I've also used this for involving my kids with service saying, let's go and heart attack dad's car totally. at work, or let's go heart attack um, the bishop of our church who works so hard, like let's go do his door or just different people in your life. You can get your kids excited about serving them and they can totally. help you cut out the hearts or write the messages. And then you can be oh, yeah. sneaky because kids love being sneaky. Oh, kids love being sneaky. That's when we've done it to Bapa, whose grandpa is when the kids have wanted to do it to Bapa. So we've done it all over his mirror and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of being sneaky, one of my friends mentioned that she does secret cupids now with her kids. And she said that it's just hilarious because kids think that they're like invisible even when they're not so she said (laughs) that her son would nonchalantly like walk by the kitchen and see her in there and then he'd walk by again and just like chuck a handful of like Hershey kisses (laughs) (laughs) and then like keep and then like run away and he honestly thought that she didn't know and like it's she's like it just made it brought me so much joy. Like our family just had so much fun that week with like laughing at the kids and their their silly action, you know, antics trying to be sneaky. Oh, that so. is fabulous. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so that's the heart attacks. And then my last idea, our last idea. So this is actually my idea because I don't know if Sarah you've ever done this I haven't it's a great idea though but um, I did write about it for Sarah's blog so all three of these are there are posts on Sarah's blog that I'll link to Um, but the third takeaway is to write love letters to your children and I am a writer and love to write and so this is such a special thing for me to do to get the chance to really think hard about what I love about my kids and to put it down into words. And I love that it's a little trigger for me because sometimes as moms, we get so busy that we intend to journal, we intend to write stuff down, but we just don't like we don't 
ever sit down and do it. But for me, it's like a trigger. I'm like, it's Valentine's Day. I'm writing the love letter to my kids. So even if that's just once a year, it's better than nothing. So I will write them um, a letter that's like all the details about things that I love about them at that age. And because I'm a writer, I spend a lot of time. I really enjoy the process. And so I do make it, you know, uh, like I'll work on it until I really feel like it's a beautiful piece of writing. But there's a lot of people out there that are not writers who may be intimidated by this suggestion. And I would just say it does not matter if you're a great writer. Just sit down and share your heart with your kids and list all the ways and tell them all the ways that you love them and it will be so meaningful to them even if they're little now and they can't really understand it someday they will love reading those recollections of their mother Mm -hmm. definitely so um and i will read a few of my love letters at the end of this episode my love letters to my kids so you can kind of get a feel for those that i have written so sarah do you have any more um thoughts or ideas about how to make holidays special for your kids? Um, I would, I have noticed that my kids, they respond to the littlest efforts. So last year I, I struggle with depression and last year I was having a really hard time and I hadn't put out any Valentine's Day decorations. And my son came up and said to me, mommy, there aren't any Valentine's Day decorations and Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Can we please put some up? And usually I kind of go all out with my decorations because I'm a little holiday crazed. But I thought, okay, fine. So we went down and we pulled out my Valentine's Day wreaths and like three things to put up inside. Um, I think it was a framed printable a wall, and two wall hangings. And I put them up and you would have thought that I had spent days decorating the house. The kids were so excited that there was just a little acknowledgement of the holiday that Mm -hmm. they were ecstatic. It doesn't have to be a big thing. You go to the dollar store, grab a couple little things to hang on your wall and put them up. And it just feels special. Yeah. And I would say with that, too, that I think Callum could tell that you weren't yourself and he was he was worried about you and and that was his way of saying like come mommy I want to see you like yeah. let's see you I agree and so when you hold when you put forth that effort and showed him you he was just so happy like I think that that is just that just shows how much our kids love us and the special unique things about us absolutely just like we love them and the special unique things about them. Um, so yeah, making that small effort for him, even though it was such a hard time for you is really like, it almost makes me cry thinking about that. And I've noticed the same thing with food. Kids love holiday themed food. So just grab yourself a box of Bisquick and a cart cookie cutter and put a couple food, drops into it or red food dye drops into it so that it's pink mixture and make heart pancakes on Valentine's Day, the kids will think that you are the biggest rock star in the world. (laughs) Yes. Just simple little stuff like that. 
and kids just eat it up. Yes. And that's one thing that I've always loved about you and about also your blog is you, I feel like you do things so that they're fun, but they're not over the top stressful. You're just like, let's just keep this simple and make a memory. And that's how mom was too. Yeah, that's definitely what I've, and I found that that brings my kids more joy because I could make, like I have the ability to make them a perfect, like, you know, character looking meal and it's all perfect and -and so-and-so. Like this year for Halloween, I thought, oh, and I'm going to make a perfect mummy pizza and I'm going to make a perfect this and that. But my daughter, who was five, really, really wanted to help. So everything ended up looking super messy. The mummy pizza didn't really look like a mummy. And the bone breadsticks were a little overcooked because I was distracted. But oh my gosh, she was so excited about this Halloween dinner. She made everybody dress up for it. She made me put candles on the table. And we had so much fun. It is not about the appearance of it. It is about creating memories with your kids. I love that. So before we end, can you just remind us of the three traditions that we could try this year if we want traditions for our whole family for Valentine's Day? Definitely. And these are all individually very easy. And to tell you the truth, if you, it may seem big to have them all together and, oh, I can't do all three. So just pick one of them. Try it. And then maybe you'll like it so much you'll try another one because they're Mm -hmm. actually all quite simple if you take them individually and don't let yourself get overwhelmed. So the first one is doing secret cupids as a family. And maybe I'm biased, but I think that is the best option and you should definitely try it. Um, The second one is heart attacks which is super simple, but you can adapt it for the individual people. And it's just a fun, easy little thing. And the third one is writing love letters to your children, which could also be a very meaningful and long lasting tradition. Okay. Well, thank you, Sarah. And we're going to have to have you on again. I've wanted to talk more about what you alluded to there about depression and we're gonna, I'm going to have you on to share more of your story for that in the future. But I'm glad that we got to have you come on to talk about holidays today. Me too. So thank you. It's fun. Now I'm getting excited about Valentine's Day. All right. Well, love you, girl. Love you too. I am so blessed to have sisters. My favorite part of that episode was when Sarah cracked up about my son's friend trying to be sneaky for Secret Cupid. That just... <laughs> That just filled my heart, and I hope it didn't blow out your eardrums. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Sarah, and if you want to hear from my other sister, you can listen to episode two, which I recorded with Laura, about how to capture memories of motherhood. My sisters truly are my best friends. Before we end this episode, I had promised that I would read you a love letter that I wrote to Noah for his first Valentine's Day. Noah was a really colicky baby, and so writing this letter was really healing for me to realize that even though we had lots of hard days with lots of crying, there were so many things that I adored about this baby. Like I mentioned in the episode, I don't want you to feel intimidated when you hear a love letter like this thinking that yours needs to be so, you know, verbose and polished. I 
probably spent days on this letter because it was more than just a letter. To me, it was kind of like therapy and processing and journaling, and I love to write. So I spent a lot of time on it, but as I said in the episode, don't get caught up in that. You could just sit down and make a quick list of the things that you love about your child at the age that they're at and give that to them, and that would be a meaningful love letter. Just make sure that you're keeping copies as well for their journals or baby books or however you document those memories long-term. So here's my letter to Noah, written when he was about eight months old. Sweetest Noah boy, you smiled up at me today from your car seat perched in the back of a shopping cart at Target, and I couldn't breathe for a moment. I couldn't breathe and I couldn't move. This happens to me sometimes when your eyes fill with such contentment, such devotion as you look at me. I can't breathe because I know that I'm so undeserving of such pure and guileless love. I can't move because I already feel the moment flying away and I long to grab it, to clutch it tightly in my fist and press it deeply into my pounding heart. I look at your innocent little face beaming up at me with two tiny teeth poking through the gums and I know that I will do anything, anything, to protect you and your heartbreaking sweetness. I never knew love like this until I became your mother. I love your pensive expressions, your chubby hands reaching for my finger, and your frantic splashing in the bathtub. I love your wild blonde hair, your delicious thighs, and your fascination with the blow dryer as it hums in my hands. I love your dinosaur noises during church and your spontaneous chuckle of approval when you're lounging in your car seat. I love seeing you with your dad and knowing in the most tender and sacred place in my heart that despite all my shortcomings, you are both mine and you both love me so completely. I love that you have your birth parents' eyes. Katie's color drew shape. Every time someone comments on your beautiful eyes, I'm filled with joy and thanksgiving for the gift that you are in my life, for the gift that they are in my life. I would not be a mother without them. I will never forget their sacrifice. I love resting my head on your soft hair as you drink your bottle in my arms, feeling your weight and your warmth against my chest, knowing that you are real. I love that my heart now lives outside of my body and that I get to watch it growing and grinning and learning. It feels miraculous and vulnerable, exhilarating yet imprudent, to let my heart learn to walk, inching its way along the furniture, falling occasionally, and sprawling across the carpet, bewildered. Soon you will be running. The baby with the adoring blue eyes will run, and I will let you, my heart growing bigger and stronger with each of your strides. It was there inside of me all along, instinctive and unconditional, and yet I didn't know it until I held you for the first time. Staring into those deep blue eyes, those eyes that were just seeing the world for the first time, I couldn't breathe and I couldn't move. I felt the stirring of something emerging, something swelling and coming alive within my heart. A mother's love. You are my all and my everything, Noah. Words simply can't express it. I love you forever and ever and always. Love, your mama. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms. 
As we head into the month of February, let's do our best to show some extra love to our little ones, as well as to our spouses and significant others. And if you do try out one of these traditions, secret Cupid, heart attacks, or writing love letters to your kids, please, please let me know. I love hearing from listeners. The best place to interact with me is on Instagram. That's where I'm able to respond to comments and direct messages and get to know you, the listeners. It honestly fills me up and makes all the work behind the podcast worth it to me. So if you don't already follow me there, please find me at 3 in 30 podcasts. That's all one word with numbers 3IN30 podcast. And my posts and my stories each week are also devoted to the same theme as the podcast episode. They're usually just an extension of the theme or thoughts on how I am applying the topic that week or a little bit more about the guests that we had. So if you want more 3 and 30 goodness and insights, let's connect on Instagram. I love you all for spending a little time with me each week, and I sincerely hope that the takeaways are blessing your family. So squeeze them tight this week, and I hope to have you back listening again next Monday.